For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Monsters podcast. the lips and the teeth you gotta start opening the back of your jaw Chris Krogan. I forgot the lips part give them the are lips you, Welcome are you in. used to opening the back of your throat Joe you know are when you? you want to alliterate and enunciate uh, you gotta gotta you can't be lazy with, with, with your mouth yes <laughs> <laughs> oh man speaking of a, a lazy game a lazy day, a lazy week. Welcome into the Believe in Monsters podcast. Joe Gaither, Chris Krogman, and Lucas Berry hanging out, commiserating about our wonderful franchise uh, as the Bears lost in wonderfully dramatic fashion, wonderfully <laughs> Bears fashion. To a backup uh, quarterback. Who, what was that guy's name? Huntley. Who was that guy? Where did he come from? Fucking Whatever waste management, dude. Whatever it I is, saw him he, collecting garbage before the game. He beat our Chicago Bears sixteen to thirteen, uh, leading the Ravens down the field with little time left in the game, decimating our uh, our defense. Didn't we call that on the on the joint podcast with the uh, with the Ravens guys? He What's collected it? trash on the field because he collected Kendall Vildor's name each and every play, targeting Vildor what eleven times on the day. Like, uh and, and really abusing that man so uh awful awful day awful awful situation for the franchise and yeah i'm i, I know you guys give me a lot of hell for being the ho-hum uh glass half empty kind of guy but this is where i've been since uh probably the end of the chiefs game in 2019 and we've just watched the same old shit for now basically two years uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Lots of crazy reports coming out of Chicago today. Lots of interesting drama and juice. We'll react to that on tonight's episode of the Believe in the Monsters podcast. Well, I encourage you to follow us on the Twitter at BIM underscore pod. Follow my friend Chris Krogman at Shy Bears 1985 and Luke Berry at L underscore 40. Krogman, the elder statesman. What is going on with our bears, and what can we do? What can we do? I Nothing. mean, the, Bro, the collective like, the, we. What, obviously, we have what, no power. What we, we have no power. Is chop it up and and realize that we have no power. Control what you can control. Is stop what, buying uh, merchandise. Stop buying merchandise is what my mantra has been for a while. Is control what you can control. Don't get too upset about what you cannot do anything about. Don't go on Twitter and rant the same thing over and over and over and over again like we haven't heard it a bunch of times. 
if you think I'm talking about you, I probably am. But <laughs> what we can do is move on. We need to move on. It's time to move on. Um, the funniest thing about this whole game is it just – the offense was so flat the whole game. And then uh, Andy Dalton, of all people, you know, comes in and uh, they – inject two really long touchdowns somehow like that <laughs> the screen to mooney i don't remember who called it out but they finally realized that tight ends block better than tiny receivers named demir bird and marquise goodwin uh so they rolled out a uh, commit and uh, somebody else out there in the flat to block for mooney and he took advantage and took off and that was a really cool play uh and then the you know was it fourth and six or whatever fourth and one and then freaking jason peters false starts terribly because you know the discipline of this team is just that i think it was fourth uh, and 11 somehow oh yeah because yeah well uh i saw a highlight it was was, six whatever fucking yeah fourth and six and then they got a penalty I thought it was fourth and one, and then they got a penalty. Either way, fourth and six and a penalty, fourth and one and a penalty doesn't really matter because Andy Dalton fucking – so I was watching the game with my wife, and I'm like, oh, there he goes, throwing off his back foot again, and sure as shit, Goodwin's wide open. (laughs) And he scores a touchdown, and they take the lead 13 to – to what, 13 to 10 at that point. And, uh, yeah, then uh, some – guy named Huntley marches him down the field in like four plays and uh, they lose 16-13 and this team is embarrassing. Embarrassing is is, is not even a word. Uh, And we can be upset. Go ahead. Finish your rant. You're on on a roll. Uh, I mean, we can be upset with, uh, you know, I mean, Kendall Vildor got abused most of the game, but to score 13-4 fucking points against a defense that really hasn't been all that good especially when you were running the ball quite well against a defense that had stopped the run quite well like we talked about last week with the baltimore guys um bearded wholesome and all things baltimore podcast uh if you didn't check that episode out it's a good one uh those guys are awesome and you know we kind of talked i thought we you know kind of pitched the game pretty well and sure shit, they don't stick to the fucking running the ball game plan, and they score 13 points. I mean, embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is they scored zero points in the first half. I mean, they were down by three. It was 3 nothing at the end of the first half, I think, or was it 6 nothing, 3 nothing. I mean, 6 they were, nothing. The they were within the field goal to go into the right, halftime. Yeah, they, they were within one score, though, and – it almost I said this during the game. The Bears played like they were down by like three scores. Like they were throwing the ball like crazy. They were in just pure panic mode. You're running at four and a half per clip for some pretty good run defense. And I mean, it even seemed like more than that. I saw Monty break at least three ten yard runs. Mm-hmm. They weren't stopping him if they kept giving him the ball, let alone I don't know why you phase out Khalil Herbert after you kind of saw him emerge, like, okay, maybe you don't want to give Monty a full workload or whatever. Use both your backs. Just keep running the ball at him. It's what your line does well. Like, that is what your line does well. The play calling makes no sense. It seems like Andy Dalton comes in the game and it completely changes. I mean, 
what do we see fields have success with versus Pittsburgh, right? Play action, bootleg, rollout. We ran it one time, and it was the one time he completed like a 25-yard pass to Mooney down the sidelines. What are we doing? You're keeping him in the pocket. You're turning him into a pocket passer. It just makes no sense. And your line is not good enough to block, to hold pockets like that. Just plain and simple, it's not. I mean, it's the whole game plan is frustrating. And then we talk about how they don't run screens or whatever. They keep it nice and simple for Andy, and they run a screen on the first play, and what happens? You know, you want to talk about how the Bears have track stars and not receivers. Well, this is how you use them. You get them the ball in space and let them freaking run. They're not good at separating. If you give them a screen pass, though, they're going to, you know, you have a chance to house that, especially with a guy like Mooney. It's just overall very frustrating, and I don't even want to talk about the defense. I mean, I think the defense balled out. They balled out, but I literally think one guy on defense blew the game for the Bears. Um, I I single-handedly think Kendall Vildor lost the Bears that game. No joke. I mean, on that last drive, he gave up, what, 60 yards? He gave up a 35-yard pass interference that was – it should have been an interception, and he didn't even need to hold the guy. And then he just completely gets – he was chasing a slant route for God knows what reason. And if he even stuck close to Sammy Watkins, Robert Quinn was going to sack the QB on that play for his four-and-a-half sacks per game. So – I mean, what do you guys make of, you know, Robert Quinn comments after the game? I thought they were directed directly at Vildor. I thought they were kind of validated, though. I think, you know, Roquan Smith's out there. He has 17 tackles. Quinn has three and a half sacks. I mean, those are asshole. You have 10 guys out of 11 freaking pulling their weight, and one guy just blows it like that. Yeah, I'm calling his ass out. That's That's terrible. Well, he's easily the weakest link on the defense, and the problem is it comes in an area that, you know, is constantly under duress. You always are throwing the football in the NFL. Robert Quinn, you know, honestly, this year, I have been pretty happy with what the Bears have gotten out of Robert Quinn, considering what we got last year out of him and what the contract number is. He, he played his ass off uh, this past week, especially with, with Coyle Mack going on to IR. He's now carrying the mantle as the lead pass rusher on the team. And I thought he'd had an excellent game. I, I thought he, I mean, granted, you're going to have probably a better game against an inexperienced quarterback. But still, the fact that he came out there, he showed it, he played to his ability. But, you know, he had, I, I, I don't even what I don't even know what bad word to, to say about Kendall Vildor uh, trying to cover uh, Sammy Watkins and, and the Ravens receivers. It was just awful. It was just awful. But that's why I think, you know, all that to say, that's why I think the corner is this team's biggest team. It's definitely up there. And, I mean, now, you know. I know we've had our little debates between receiver, line, corner. I think I'm settling on corner. I mean, before we've talked about, you know, is Ryan Pace safe? Is he, you know, going? I mean, this is obviously we talk about how he tries to fix positions all in one offseason. I mean, in the one offseason, he drafted Jalen Johnson. Then he drafted Vildor, fifth-round pick. Well, it turns out maybe this fifth-round pick didn't work out for him. So now you're stuck in a situation where you don't have a guy like Kyle Fuller, albeit he stinks this year. You don't really have a suitable number two. Like, I, Again, the Bears coaching, are they smart enough to maybe give Artie Burns a chance? I mean, he's not great, but they, probably better than what we've been getting. Give Chris Krogman a chance. At cornerback, no. 
Well, what should I do, Chris? Tell tell us, Father. I mean, I, I really don't know if there's him? much. I really don't know if there's much you can do with Vildor. Um, you know, the question is. Is he, you know, as is he going through a rough spot in his season, in his career, where these are growing pains and you're going to see an improvement at some point? And do you keep, you know, trying to give him a shot or have you kind of seen enough? And then if so, with the rest of the season, the way we think it's going to go with, you know, the potential news coming out of Chicago today, I... I don't know what you do with him. I mean, throwing Artie Burns out there, I don't know if that does anything other than potentially, you know, give him a, a, a tryout for next season. And then Vildor doesn't grow. I mean, or do you move Vildor inside and put Artie Burns outside and just automatically assume that you're going after a corner in free agency or the draft or some other means, a trade or whatever, about that they have the capital to trade for anybody. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Vildor. Uh, he, I think he's had his moments this year where he is tight in coverage. He just doesn't make the play on the ball. Where if he gets a few of those PBUs, he's a lot. He looks a lot better. You know. Um, I I don't know. He he had a very bad game. He's had a bad stretch. He's getting targeted more than much more than Jalen Johnson is obviously because Jalen Johnson, when they do throw to him, you know, makes his hay and, and gets his PBU. He breaks the pass up. He, he's basically tells the quarterback, come over here and I'm going to do this to you every time. Does that mean you just need to shade uh, help over to Vildor every time? And is that on Desai? I don't know. I, I, I mean, Desai had some, had some interesting things to say. He holds people accountable, at least in press conferences. You know, he, he said Vildor was was a big part of the problem. Um, so at least I mean, that's, give give Desai credit for that. That's also why I'm not as quick to blame Desai for that last drive either, because I think like, I mean, if a guy is just completely out of position, like again on that slant, on that play to Sammy Watkins, I Vildor is just not like. If the guy is not in the right position at all, remotely close to where he should be, you could see it clear as day. Like the Bears don't play a man defense that much. They're always in zone. So why is Vildor running after a slant? It just it baffles me. So like I don't know how you could blame Desai for that or the pass interference. I just uh, they said the the last play was a uh, a communication breakdown and that they they found the root cause of the breakdown. They should break down. Uh, but I he didn't. He didn't communicate what that was. He didn't say what that was. I was trying to think of a word. Anyway, yeah, he didn't. Oh. He didn't comment on what the cause was or where the breakdown was. But it it was pretty clear that it was Vildor. Yeah, I mean, we're now going to week twelve. Um, I think Vildor has the worst passer rating in the league against him. I don't really know how much time he has earned playing starting cornerback anymore for the Bears. I think they gave him more than a fair chance. I mean, especially with, you know, Desmond Trufant being cut, they kind of put the ball in his court, and I don't think he's earned uh, the, the the privilege of staying on the field with the rest of the unit, especially with how they're playing and how he let them down. Um, can he earn it back? Absolutely. But, I, again, maybe you have to move him to slot somewhere else. If you, This is a good time to try it. I mean, you have three wins. You're not making the playoffs. See what you got. 
can he play the slot? Maybe he can. Maybe some guys are better in the slot. Some guys are not. He's not an outside It's a different player, animal. And we've said that animal. we've we've talked about this from the beginning of the year that we said I don't think he's an outside corner. Will they do it? We'll see. I mean, again, the head coach, I mean, although it's the size defense, Nagy does have the authority to say, hey, put this guy in or take this guy out. I mean, that is his call at the end of the day. But not to beat the dead horse here, the Bears need a cornerback. We'll see if uh, – And you a know, coach. If the market is open for, you know, a guy like J.C. Jackson, this kind of reminds me of the Stephon Gilmore situation again where just a, an incredible cornerback in the prime of his career is hitting the market. You give that man a blank check and you try and get him on your defense. Because I think if you are going to pay a guy on defense, you want to pay your cornerbacks. Regardless, it's a story for another day. Um, what do you guys make of the news today that, uh, you know, kind of hearing mixed things? Uh, this reporter, I've never heard of him, but it seems like people speak highly of him. Um, he came out with a report that said Matt Nagy is going to be relieved of his duties after uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the Bears did, or Nagy denied it. Not really even denied it. They kind of just pushed it off. I mean, they, they didn't really give a direct answer. Um, so do you guys think this is real? Do you think it's happening? Do you think he's going to be fired on Friday? Or do you think it's just someone looking for some clout? I don't know. I think it's um, very odd to, to, say, to say you're fired, but you're going to coach one more game. Um I know the short week involved and this, that, and the other, but yeah. does it shock you from the Bears though? I mean, this is this is the organization that has never fired anyone in season before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for them, if they are going to make that move of firing somebody in season, that's a very strange way to do it. Uh, What's well, I'm saying? Does it shock you though? Like this is the Bears we're talking about. They don't. They mess up everything. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a good. That's a good point. No, that's a good point. Uh, it just seems like a weird thing to say, hey, you're fired, but uh, go coach us one more game. I guess Nagy doesn't really have a choice because if he if he just doesn't show up on Thursday, you know, he's for, I guess he's forfeiting some of that money, forfeiting some of that contract. So he's got to just keep working as long as they'll employ him, which I guess it sounds like is still Thursday at, what, 4 o'clock. Yeah, Chris, what do you make of that? So, um, <clears throat> the report is from Mark Conkle from patch.com, uh, or patch media or whatever. Haven't, I haven't heard of him previous to this as either, but apparently has some, uh, decent ties, uh, decent sources, uh, Brad Biggs from, uh, the, was he the trib uh, anyway brad, brad biggs said that uh matt Nagy met with ownership before the team's second walkthrough at hallis hall and the coach told the players it was a productive meeting according to multiple sources but didn't address the report about his imminent firing and then canceled meetings so that seems like that's, it seems that's... like matt Nagy. it seems like the circle jerk we've been dealing with all year um that's what I would do if I was about to get fired. Hey, I'm only working till Thursday. No more meetings today. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, hey, uh, you guys, you guys are gonna fire me. I'm not meeting with anybody. I'll see y'all on Thursday. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with y'all Thursday at tw twelve o'clock on the sideline. 
Well, his contract is guaranteed, Joe, to go back to what you were saying. As long as he does show up, right? He doesn't. If he resigns, then he does forfeit that money. But if they fire him, then he still gets paid, and he can, you know, take a year off or you know go watch his son's high school football games and get yelled at by a bunch of teenagers or uh, whatever the case may be. But if you are one of those people joining in those teenagers yelling at a your coach during a high school football game. Grow up. Go do it somewhere else. Go buy go go buy a Bears ticket. You know, go support your team and yell at your coach. Pay one hundred and fifty dollars or whatever to go scream at your coach. Do it at a Bulls game or or uh, I don't know whatever the fuck else is going on in Chicago. But stay away from high school football. That's lame. But I'm gonna but, blame that. I'm, I'm gonna blame that more on, on Virginia, on Ted Phillips. And, and, and on uh, and on the son uh, George and on George. George as well. You're, you, th- those guys, th- they have let the situation get to this point. You're going to blame them for high school kids yelling at Matt Nagy? At, yes, at a, because okay, because it is that you was 15 of the last 21 games. It's gotten to this point. It's been beyond obvious for weeks now. It was obvious at the end of last year. It was obvious at the end of 2019. Hey, something may not be right here. But they were collaborating. Like, this this doesn't look like the 2018 team. This doesn't look like a building block. No, no, no. It's been straight fucking nosedive since the end of tw- since the double doink. Like, but they've been collaborating it, and, and, and so energizing. I, I don't care. We're built up. We've built up. Oh, this NFL coach of the year, offensive guru. You know, new regime. 2018, we win the division, and I'm thinking, okay, it's about to be new, 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 new guys in town here. Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy, and them boys. But no, ever since 2018, you've fallen off the cliff. And and, and so Virginia, George, Ted Phillips, I know, you know, especially at the end of last year, at the end of last year when they all do all the reevaluations and, you know, exactly collaborations and we're going to put, like, they set themselves up for this. They set themselves up for another shitty season by not firing them at the end of last year. So we've talked about pace and, you know, what we've kind of heard or read, the tea leaves and whatnot. Somebody brought this up today, and, you know, they said, I mean, during that January uh, press conference, I think somebody tallied, they used the word or some form of the word collaborate like 27 times or something ridiculous like that. So if you're going to say something like that, are you not tying yourself to each other? And how do you move forward with one and not the other or not both if you're going to fire one? Now, I I myself like Ryan Pace, and maybe that was just all, you know, bullshit media talk during that press conference. But, man, that's a funny point. Lucas. No, you're right. I mean – it seems like then he was definitely tying himself to Matt Nagy, but you know you don't hear from him in the season, and just a little bit of tidbits that he does give you kind of makes me feel like he's now separating himself from Matt Nagy. I mean, I thought the broadcast was especially interesting this week with Tony Romo. Um, it almost sounded like Pace did talked with Romo before the game and was giving him nuggets about, you know, oh we got some calls about the D line and you know over the trade deadline and we didn't want to get rid of any of these guys. And 
it seems like Pace is kind of doing a little PR tour. He's dropping little nuggets to the media here and there, and not once is he ever mentioning Nagy again tied to him. It's all about, you know, Justin Fields, the team growing, the young guys. Um, so it's very interesting in my opinion. I feel like he's kind of trying to distance himself now. Um, ownership loves him, so I, I really don't know if they will fire him. I'm kind of on the fence if I want him fired or not. I've always been – I want Ryan Pace to stay with the Bears organization and possibly take – ted phillips role or just move into a different role um kind of a demotion through a promotion if that makes sense just get him out of the gm chair let him do handle other things and and bring in um you know someone for player personnel we you know that's another topic for another day but i, mean, I we don't know how the inner workings go and we and we've talked how much we like a lot of the guys pace is brought in you know it's for sure he, he's had some shitty free agent signings but he's also had some good one-year deals you know mario edwards uh akeem hicks if anybody forgets that he was a, a guy that he brought in uh you know jarell freeman before he was ped guy uh same year he brought in uh danny t you know all these guys pace did bring in and sign and you know he he matched the fuller deal when green bay went after him a lot of people like that he let amos go that might have been a mistake it looks like it was jackson might have been a, an extension mistake but we don't know the guy's still a decent cover safety but and then the drafts you know i think ryan pace draft classes have gotten exceedingly better each and every year unfortunately he gives away half of his fucking capital and that's that's yeah. one of the things that i really don't like that off. that's that's no, that's the like iron it. that's the irony about it is like this guy's really good at hitting mid-round picks but he trades all of them away to move up and you know i get it here and there but obviously it's been too much and now with the bears going into a mini rebuild you're going to need yeah, all those yeah. picks but here's the thing about it i mean if there's one guy that's gonna you know if you have four picks and you need to hit all four i kind of trust ryan pace to do that between rounds three to seven to get three quality players out there. I mean, that's that's not even a joke. I really think he could do that. But again, it's like he kind of – a lot of times you look at the roster and you're like, Ryan Pace did all these good things, and then you look and he's like, oh, Kendall Vildor's out there. Well, who's the one that fucking left that opening gap at cornerback? Ryan Pace did. And like some of the money things too. Oh. Like next, year, next year the Bears being on the hook for Danny T and – Jimmy Graham, just some weird contracts. I, I don't really Nick understand. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. I mean, it's hit or miss. Every GM has their kind of flaws, and and we've seen it, like, in Tampa Bay, for example. Brett Veach, I think that's their GM, has been there for a while. He's kind of done a shitty job, and, I mean, all of a sudden Tom Brady shows up, and he he hits an absolute jackpot of a, a draft class. Um, you know, that the year they won the Super Bowl last year, they, they drafted their tackle. Um, Tristan Wirfs, he was a fucking slam dunk pick. They basically went all in, and, and he succeeded at winning. And now people are like, oh, look at this team he built. And it's like, well, yeah, he signed Tom Brady and 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 did some things here and there. But before that, he wasn't good. Being a GM in the league is not easy. A lot of these GMs are pretty close to 500 lifetime winning percentage. So it's not an easy job. And that's the shitty – I mean, you, you judge a guy on his winning percentage, and I totally understand it's not much of a metric you don't have for for guys. But the reason you can just drop Tom Brady into that lineup and it wins is because the rest of that team was fucking awesome. I mean, I think that he did an excellent job of building that team. 
uh, especially that front seven, which was fucking nasty. The offensive line is fantastic. Adding uh, Worfs was just uh, icing on the cake. And then you bring in, uh, you know, you add Godwin and Evans to that uh, mix. OJ Howard, which is hilarious that he was a top 10 pick and he didn't work out, but it's like, like he's just, they just have a plethora of weapons down there. Add in Antonio Brown. Uh, add in Tom Brady and yeah obviously it's going to look a lot better there were rumors at one time of Brady you know possibly coming to the Bears you think the Bears would have been like the Bucks if Brady comes here hell no so I I mean you add a a a goat quarterback to a awesome roster already then yeah it's going to be a big difference but um Let me ask you this, Chris. Sorry, just real quick. Sorry, Brett Veach is the Chiefs GM. Uh, Jason Lick is the Bucks GM. I got that mixed up there. Who's the guy in San Diego? Is that Telesco or uh, L.A.? Fucking goddamn Chargers. (laughs) I'm not sure. While he's pulling that, Chris, you know, obviously winning percentage is 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 what you just said. A lot of GMs are judged off of, and and that's understandable. But less so the number. You know, 500, 600, whatever the case may be. What, what? How do you feel like the Bears are as a franchise? This isn't to me a franchise that is healthy or has health on its horizon. To me, this is a franchise that is deeply sick. Uh, that, that that is just going in and getting a steroid shot to get through the next year. Uh, trying to try. That's got major issues when you talk about the cap. When you talk about, uh, you know, team construction year to year, you you look at the coaching staff, I I think this organization has a lot of problems, and that's what's got me a little more freaked out on Ryan Pace than I have been. Because I was a a huge Ryan Pace stand until maybe the last probably six, eight, ten weeks or so uh, watching what's happened with this season. Uh, But just how do you feel about – do you think the team is – the franchise is healthy? No, I mean, we talked like that dead cap number is going to be terrible and it's going to take a couple of years to get over. And the the shitty thing about all of that is that Justin Fields is is going to quote unquote go to waste. The thing about it is like that dead cap may not matter. We might see a absolute explosion in the cap room. Uh, in the next couple of years because of the new TV deal that came because of them kind of recouping the COVID money and everything like that. So I think we could see the salary cap number explode uh, next year or the year after, and maybe that dead cap space doesn't make that big of a difference. Plus the saints have proven year in and year out. Same with the Rams that the cap is a, uh, an illusion and a, a, and a, just a joke that you can pretty much work your way around anything you can sign guys push all that money forward whatever the case may be i mean you can move money around and it's not going to be that big of a deal um but i mean to play devil's advocate you could make the case that you know pace was trying to do everything he could to win now which is why the roster is more of a veteran roster it's older um there's a lot of trying to you know trade the future to capitalize now and it landed us where it did and the you know hindsight is 2020 view is that 
you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You need to be able to balance the future with the present. And he failed to do that. And, you know, a lot of the people that are upset with, you know, the contracts that were given out and that were, you know, that are going to cost us were are the same people that are like, all right, it is what it is, you know. I mean, Foles, we know why he was brought in. Dalton, I thought Dalton was on a one-year deal. I yes, apparently it's a. He was on a one, but the but the extension something with the 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 contract he extended the he kicked the cap down apparently. Okay, well that sucks. That's just what I read on somebody. Well, I don't know. If I know that's right. If they can get out of Foles, I mean, obviously they're going to have some dead cap for Foles, but if they can get out of Foles next year, I mean, I like Andy Dalton in this quarterback room, especially with kind of fields. You've seen him get injured a few times. You know, he might be kind of like Mitch in the fact that he might he might miss three or four games a year for just random ailments here and there. So having Dalton on the roster, I don't think is like the end of the world. I think it's kind of the guy you want in your QB room. He, obviously, we see how good of a dude he is. He goes in, throws a TD when when you ask him to. I obviously Mooney did the work there, but um, just going back to the conversation. I mean, on the flip side of it, I also don't feel like the Bears are that far away from being a you know a good team. I think they have some of the very core key pieces to being a good team. Um, obviously, a Fields hits that's big. The line really looks prom. I, I don't know where the notion comes that the line has been playing terrible. I feel like they've played better in recent weeks. I, I mean, honestly, I think Peters has been really one guy who's been giving up a lot of sacks lately on his pass rush. I mean, Borum had some issues last game, but it wasn't terrible. But, I mean, if Jenkins comes in here and is good, this line should be pretty good in front of Fields. They can run the ball. Um, I mean, if you can go out and get some solid wide receivers next year and shore up the second cornerback spot, I don't think the Bears – are in that deep of a hole where they're just going to be like a terrible team. Um, Cause they do. I mean, with all the free agents they have, this is at the end of the day, if you are going to make a change, now's the time to do it because this roster with almost 40 free agents, now's the time you can kind of rebuild it how you want. So if pace is the guy, or if your new GM is the guy, they have the keys to kind of do what they want to build this roster, how they want, but you still have your key pieces locked up for a little bit. And I think that's really important. So what's the what's the game plan? We kind of discussed a little bit of the, of the news today, but Krogman, I don't think I I heard whether you believe it or not. Whether you believe Thursday is going to be Matt Nagy's last game, I'm still kind of in the camp that I I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I would love to believe it, but you know confirmation bias is a real thing. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to trying to uh, hedge myself, hedge my own thoughts. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. I'd love to see him fired today and just let Bill Wazer. Just, just let freaking uh, Chris Tabor be the coach for the rest of the year. But, Krugman, uh, do you think that we're, we're going to see the last Matt Nagy game on Thanksgiving? Mm. Man, that is a great question. Will we see the last Matt Nagy game on Thanksgiving? I'm saying no. uh, yes. Yeah, he's gone. You have to you, take advantage of the of the two week rule at the end so of the year. You, you think on Friday? You think it? they're gonna fire him on Friday? I do. <laughs> Black hey, <man>. Friday. 
<laughs> like Black Monday, but not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. The Bears have to to take advantage of that, especially to interview some guys in the league who they might want to talk to. Explain um, that to the listener, what you're talking about, a two-week window to interview other candidates. Yeah, so the NFL released a new rule this year that uh, teams have, with the other team's permission, they have permission to interview possible head coaching candidates for the following year so long as they fire their acting head coach uh they can start interviewing potential candidates uh in week 17 and 18 of the nfl season so traditionally teams you know they might let their coaches interview if they're have a bye week in the playoffs or or whatever um but now you have two extra weeks in season so it's kind of a little incentive to possibly fire your coach early and get a get a jump start on interviewing um kind of candidates you want on the flip side of that i think you know Obviously, with all this unfolding, the Bears probably have a good idea of who they want to interview already, and and are Nick trying Saban. to align that. <laughs> Honestly, the the possibilities are endless, and I really don't know which direction the Bears will go. I think they might go in a direction that might sur- surprise a lot of people, though. Joe I don't Gray. think it. I, see, I don't think they're gonna. I don't know. I have a feeling they might not go for a young guy. I feel like they might go for someone like like Doug Peterson or someone like that. Gary, which I. I honestly wouldn't even be mad at. How would you guys feel about that? Would you guys be mad if the Bears brought in Doug Peterson? I wouldn't be yes. excited. You'd be mad, mad, Chris? Yeah, what's the, the fucking... Re- it's a re- Dude, you're recycling the same... You're almost bringing in Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy won a Super Bowl. I, I, Matt Nagy won a listen, Super Bowl? Man. No, if you're saying you that's Doug Matt Nagy... Peterson? No, you're saying you're basically bringing Matt Nagy. I'm saying that's the Matt Nagy who won the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, I think Peterson got very unfairly blamed for the situation in Philly. They, being kind of connected in Philly, being from there and seeing all the news, they essentially scapegoated Peterson out of town for the Wentz issues, and then they end up trading Wentz anyway. It was a shit show last year, but the, the drama between Wentz and Peterson was absolutely My ridiculous. My Eagles friends backs that up. I've got a, I got a they, uh, they, they basically blamed the the quarterback thing on Peterson because they wanted I'm pretty sure Peterson wanted to play Hertz and they said, no, we're playing Wentz. And he basically told Howie Roseman, fuck you. And then they fired him. And then they ended up trading Wentz anyway and going to Hertz. So I really think they, they kind of just blew him out of town for no reason. They have a fucking statue of him outside the stadium and they fired him. Terrible. But I would not be surprised to see the Bears go in a direction like that. But I also have no idea what they'll do. Kellen Moore, Nathaniel Hackett, Ryan Day. If we see a college coach, Jim Harbaugh. Who knows? John Harbaugh, whatever fucking Harbaugh it is. It's the worst one. It's the meathead one. He has an insane NFL record, Joseph. You watch your mouth. Yeah, but the other one likes analytics. And the other one's a Super Bowl champion. Well, his brother probably would have beat him if the lights didn't go out. <laughs> but they did. But they did. That was uh, wild. I, I remember watching that. I was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, the lights go out, and then all of a sudden the Ravens fucking come back and win. So what do we think about the Lions this week? Do we have any thoughts on the game this week? This. We're going to be watching Andy Dalton uh, getting the start. That was confirmed today. The Lions are terrible. The Lions are absolutely it. 
people are saying Tim Boyle had the worst start they've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> Is he going to be starting again this week in the place of Goff? Probably. J- Jared Goffel? I don't know. I don't – I even at the end of the day, I, 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 I can't pick the Lions to win this game. There's just no way. The Lions are fucking terrible. They Man, suck. Matt Campbell's going to come out and bite Matt Nagy's knees off. Honestly, especially with Dalton back there, like you could have the simplest game plan, and if you have like a Dalton to execute it well, they're done. I am worried about stopping Swift though. Swift is is insane. He's their only weapon, but that guy is that guy's an animal. I'm taking the bleeping lions. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I have a big choice to make this week for my survivor pool. This week's spread of games is terrible. Take the lions. No, I might have to take the Bears. Unfortunately, I don't want to. Would you rather take the Bears over the Lions or the Patriots over the Titans? The Lions. I'd rather take the Lions over the Bears. I'm not taking the Lions, dude. So what did you make of uh, Jalen Johnson's comments? Let's. Uh, we haven't touched on that, and I think that was the other really like spicy oh. comments. So basically, I mean, talking about how... Well, this isn't the first time Johnson has done something kind of like you probably wouldn't want to see your player do, but it's kind of like the fans are with him, so nothing really is going to happen about it. No, he, I mean, he's absolutely right. He was just taking a direct shot at Nagy, just kind of like uh, Quinn was doing it to Vildor, and you knew who it was directed at, and it is what it is. I I think that report we saw about Schultz saying, uh, you know, so if people didn't see – uh, I think his name is Jordan Schultz, does a podcast with Alan Robinson. I think it's an NBA podcast, actually. But he said that the Bears locker room was lost uh, this season when Nagy decided to start Dalton. They asked Robinson about it today, and he kind of said he was in a compromised position because his podcast host said this. I think this shit came directly from A-Rob's mouth, no matter what he says, because that's what he does. Um, but yeah, Jay, the players are absolutely going against Matt Nagy and Whatever. More power to you, Jalen Johnson. As long as you keep fucking playing well, I don't care what you say, dude. Have at it. Neither do I. Honestly. Neither do I. Just tell the truth. Tell it like it is. Let's get this shit fixed. Eradicate the cancer. Terrible. What's terrible about it? No, the, the situation's terrible, man. We're in a fucking shitty, terrible situation. It's fucking awful. You take the scalpel, Ted Phillips. Let me show you how to do it. You take the scalpel, you and you stab yourself in the neck, dude. <laughs> this is the part of the issue, dude. Mark Bergen. Ever since he was on here, right? I talked to him occasionally on Twitter. Great guy. He always tells me. He says the problem is far beyond Pace and Nagy. It is. And I am like, yes, they need to go. But I uh, fully agree with you. The management, Ted Phillips, the McCaskies. They are fucking garbage, and they are ruining this franchise, and they have for years. And there is no signs of stopping until either Virginia dies or they sell the damn team or Ted Phillips gets out of that stupid president position because he doesn't know anything about fucking football. And that's it. Plain and simple, ownership sucks. Be careful. You know what? What? Virginia looked beautiful on on Sunday clapping for that big touchdown. I don't even think she could see the touchdown, Joe. Just clapping her dainty little hands. Oh, nine points. It's the most I've seen in the past two years. 
Uh, she can't even remember 1985. Oh my god. She probably can't even remember 2018. They just keep a reminder. This guy was good. The boss guy, he was good in that one year. No, but in all seriousness, the ownership and the president suck, and it all stems from them and this kind of they they create this monster and they keep living it day by day. It's their choice to leave Nagy and Pace still hired this year when they should have been fired last year. It's their choice to not say anything publicly about the comments that we heard. It's their choice not to fire coaches in season. It is their choice. They need to make a change. They need to get the F out of the organization and or just let other stay in the organization for all I care, but let other people make the decisions. And that's it. Not a terrible plan. Not a terrible plan, man. I don't Luke know. Luke and I are all fired up, and you're just like calm father over there. Man, I'm tired, dude. I'm tired of this fucking organization. I'm tired of seeing the same shit year in and year out. Um, me too. It makes me not want to watch. It does. It's pretty. That game's pretty depressing. That game Sunday crushed me. I was very upset for at least two days after that. <laughs> two whole days. Luke was pissed. I did. I was furious, and I still hate Kindle Vildor with every fiber in my being. The fucking guy is terrible. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Be sad. That's all we're gonna do. Be sad. Tell Jalen Johnson to handle him. You think Jalen Johnson could take him? Oh yeah, dude. I think I think Johnson's a tough. Tough MF. Actually, I lie. I think Vildor is actually pretty tough too. He seems like one of those guys that just gets by because he's fucking. He's aggressive. One thing. I wish he was a little more aggressive. I mean, not like at the wrong time, obviously, but like if he was a little more aggressive at the point of attack, maybe he wouldn't get beat so much on slant routes because that happens like all the time. Hopefully, when Jackson comes back, we see a little bit of a difference in in our past coverage. He makes me so sad. As an Alabama fan, he makes me so sad. I think he's actually been more solid in past coverage than we want to give him credit for this year. I think everyone just sees the tackling and they get mad about it. And, you know, I get it. The guy is a bitch when it comes to tackling. He doesn't want to stop the run. Whatever. Dude, he's... I think he's still very good in pass coverage. Teams really don't throw at him that much. It is what it is. I just it's it's not pretty, but he does a good job back there, in my opinion. Luke, let me put a name on your radar as you uh, get into this college scouting season. That's probably a couple months ahead of us. Don't tell me another safety because I don't care about safeties. Jalen Armour Davis, cornerback for Alabama. I think might might find himself. Uh, a two, three, four round pick, and I like his technique. So keep an eye on. Look, look him up and see what you think about him. Jalen Armour Davis. Jalen Armour Davis. <laughs> Sounds That's like an armor guy. car, dude. That's your dude, Joe. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of a guy that's going to be there. That tell us about this know. Alabama wide receivers, bro. Here's the thing. The Bears need a wide receiver bad. You don't want John get... Mechie. No. John Mechie three. No, you don't want John Mechie. You don't want John Why not? 
Because he's little. How little? Oh, gosh. What is he? 5'10"? I don't know. What do you have to say about Devonta Smith? He's little, too. Devonta made big plays at big time. John Mechie, he is coming on in spurts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he, he's lacking in consistency. John Mechie, the Canadian, is six. Listen at six foot one ninety five. I think he's probably closer to five foot ten. Um, what about ooh. David Bell? You like him? David Bell. Yes, sir. Let, let's see. Where does David Bell play? He's a wide receiver from Purdue. David he's sick. Bell. All right, I would love him it. on the Bears. Let's get him. Did you see Traylon Burks last week for Arkansas? Dominate Alabama. Traylon Burks. That's a bad, bad man right there. This this wide receiver class is actually pretty solid. I mean, the past two years have been. I think it's becoming more widely available that wide receivers are uh, more and more well prepared for the NFL now coming out of college, which is great. Um, the Bears could definitely use one of those early in the second round. Um, back to this game on Sunday. Why the hell didn't we use our tight ends? What is going on? Like. Komet because had nobody knows how to call offense on this Dude, team. it's like your wide receiver, your main wide receiver is hurt, so let's get our tight ends involved less. Brilliant fucking idea. Look, I don't brilliant. Think these Just guys brilliant. Have never played Madden in their lives. <laughs> hey, give me a little four first down the seam. Jimmy Graham. Uh... <laughs> Jimmy Graham, Cole well, Komet, down Well, the did seams. you notice Jimmy Graham started getting involved when Andy Dalton was in the game? He was bizarre. Cole Komet wasn't even out there for a little bit. Jimmy Graham was out snapping That's for a while. Goddamn Matt football. Nagy, he holds I, his good plays in the back of the playbook for when Andy Dalton gets to go in. I'm not even just saying that. It's just like, why weren't these guys involved earlier? Like, it just it doesn't make sense, man. Holy shit. Because simply we don't know using they're they're using marquise goodwin in an Allen robinson role brilliant idea because they are totally similar great job matt Nagy, just fucking awesome dude run a 10 yard out with marquise goodwin because he's totally six foot three and 220 pounds that's not what you want to do no that's not what i want to do marquise Uh, goodwin is good for i just tell him to run Run to the tunnel on all three of the ball. Krugman's got, a, a four-time middle school head, head coach, uh, division champion. And I think he could probably uh, get up to Chicago, design us an offense, and score 21 points a game. No, I'm the I'm the Madden guru, man. I could I could score us uh, all kinds of Madden points, get us some like uh, Madden cards, and buy us new players with the uh, Madden points I earn. That's how the real NFL works, right? Before we give our predictions for this game, I really need to know what kind of offense you guys would run. Joe, you're up first. If you had to design an offense, like if anybody doesn't know what the fuck I'd run by now, with this with this team, no, just just if if, just if you were Joe Gaither, offensive guru, (laughs) I would I would go I would go I would spend six months with Lane Kiffin. I would, Lane I would, Kiffin. I would what would six. he teach you? How to transfer schools? No, I mean you, 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 got, that, you got that spread, 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 uh, spread look. You got to go fast, but we're also implementing the inside zone running game. 
you've got quarterback, you got a little bit of quarterback read option, but mostly everything is fast, fast, fast. Spread them out, attack on the perimeter, use some orbit motions. Just kind of do. I, I like the eye candy uh, in Lane Kiffin's offense. I like the fact that there's always moving parts and things like that. So I like. I was all about Matt Nagy getting. To get, I was like, this guy's gonna be great. He's gonna be awesome. This offense is gonna look sick. It's gonna be creative. In 2018, I was in love. I, I I fell in love with Mitchell and Matt in 2018. And I thought, wow, I could do this for the next 20 years of my life. Wow, Santa's sleigh, call my yes, eye. yes. <laughs> and then it just went to shit. Tariq Cohen I, toss pass. I, so I would spend I would I would spend a year on in, in Lane Kiffin's office learning that. That's, that'd be what I would do. What about you, Chris? Uh, Shanahan. Shanahan or LaFleur or any of this stretch zone play action rollout uh, shit that we've seen from uh, these guys is what I would run. And I would never fucking punt either. No, I wouldn't either. For the most part. Unless, unless you're like... If you're on the other... If you're close to midfield, you just can't punt. There's no reason. Well, speaking of fourth and one, David Montgomery right up the middle gets. What stuck. kind of play call was that? Well, Romo, doing? Romo did the little illustration off to the left, and it was wide open. Well, it's not even that. You just line up in a quarterback fucking sneak with you put Montgomery back there and just run a quarterback sneak, whatever. Why, like? I hate them. They're it's an attitude. They outsmart themselves, dude. They fucking overthink everything. Calling a timeout to decide you want to go for two when going for two should be fucking obvious. What? Yeah, that was dumb. Like, what? It just, dear lord. Oh man, if I was a coach, I would, I would probably run what I would do. What Kellen Moore does? He says he doesn't run a scheme; he runs plays. He runs plays for whatever the defense wants to adjust to, which I think is smart. You need a good quarterback to do that, though. You need a quarterback who has two brain cells to rub together. We have that. Right now we do. I don't know if we had that previously. No, but... we didn't. He was special needs. No, it's, but you see, you see, but you see Mitch could succeed in specific type of offense in the in the boring laser offense mitch is good in that offense in my opinion yeah he does have those big bug eyes that are bugging you for fucking gatorade big black <laughs> coal eyes it says please pour me a cup mr krogman <laughs> krogman what's gonna happen on thanksgiving give us a, give us a take let's give us a prediction Dude, we're gonna lose, bro. You actually yeah, think that dude, the the Lions are getting the first yes, win of the year? I do. Bro, I'm telling you, man, they're fucking like yeah. it's all bad right now. There's no good. It's all bad for them too. Us. It is equally Except, as bad for yeah, the Lions. Yeah, that's true. I don't know who Tim. I don't know who Tim Boyle is. Garbage. Dude. That's pretty worst quarterback performance they've ever seen. They said. Man Campbell is going to bite Matt Nagy's kneecap off and get his first win. I think Matt Campbell and Matt Nagy should have a boxing match at midfield before the game. 
That would be whoever awesome. whoever wins gets spotted a seven zero lead. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Man, Campbell would eat my Nagy alive. He would destroy him. But I'd watch. It'd be great. So, right now it's uh, Chicago Bears minus three on the road, which means they would be Bullshit. six point. Favorites at home over under is 41.5. Joe Gaither, the, I know you're taking the Lions to win. I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the Lions to win 24 to 13. You think the Lions can score 24 points? Yeah, why not? They're, they're at least what. still play, they're at least still playing hard for Man Campbell. I know they haven't won, but they're at least still playing hard for him. Uh, and he's desperate for that first win. I think they're going to get their first win against us on national TV. It's going to be great. No, it's not. It's going to be hell. But you know what? What a great way to start my Thanksgiving weekend off. Are you watching the game? You're not going to sleep through it or or. No, I got the day off. I got the day off beforehand to sleep. Uh, All right, so Joe, the Lions scored over twenty-four points one time this year, and that was versus the 49ers. They scored seventeen, thirty-three, seventeen, seventeen, fourteen, seventeen, eleven, nineteen, six, sixteen, and ten points. And you're taking them to score twenty-four points this week. Twenty-three. We'll go 23. You're a beer gourd, bro. If the Lions win this game, they might score 17 points, and it might be like 17 to 14. What's the big difference between 17 and 23 is one touchdown. With a fucking Tom Tom Boyle, dude. Fucking Mr. Boyle, you're out of your gourd, dude. They are not scoring more than 20 points. All he's got to do is throw it at Kendall Vildor. I'm 22. Throw it at Eddie Jack. Eddie Jackson's going to direct the orchestra this week, and you're going to be salty, bro. No, if we, I is won't Eddie be Jackson going to play this week? He's playing this week. I know. I won't be He's salty because like any any Bears win makes me happy. I'm only this wow. way because the, because the organization has turned me into this. The I thought you were rooting for him to lose. I heard that. No, I want him to win every game, but if they lose, I guess it's not the worst thing because then it's even more so to to fire Matt Nagy. But no, I want to win every game. I. I I love winning. I hate losing, but and, and in your heart of hearts, you're thinking we lose tomorrow, Thursday. Yes, sadly, yes. There's, there's no. I have no confidence in the organization, no confidence in the regime. When it comes down to a time to make winning plays, Andy Dalton will throw a fucking interception, or you know something's gonna happen. Somebody will give up a sack. Somebody will jump off sides. Somebody, some, somebody will false start. Just, you know. Some shit will happen. Missed tackle here at the most crucial moment. So bears. So fucking Chris, bears. how you feeling, sir? Oh, God. It's it, probably... Chris knows I mean, it, too. It's. I mean, I, I think the players don't want to play this game, but they'll still do it. So it'll probably be like 16-13 bears. It'll be the same score as last week, just with a with a win. I mean, it's the Lions, but it, it, I literally think they could lose this game. No, I I, I agree that they definitely could lose. I, I don't. If it's 
if it's Tom or Tim or John, whatever this fucking Boyle's name is, though, I don't think the Lions are winning. If it's golf, I give him a shot. Uh, I have this weird feeling that Andy Dalton's going to light him up, though. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm taking a Bears win. <laughs> Bears win 24 to 16. Luke, I hope you're right, because that would be a great Thanksgiving. Dude, the Lions are terrible. They they really suck. We can, we can, they do. We can send that Nagy style. I give it to you. They play hard, but I just, the Lions fucking blow. And then after that, we play the Cardinals and the Packers, so yes! that'll be fun. Nagy's going to Nagy's gonna pull out all the stops, and they're going to win like 42 to 6. Uh, I, Chris, and, I have a uh, I have a, I have a, I have a wish. like, hold the phone. Hold I have the a phone. Weird... <laughs> Dude, the lines are the best remedy for firing anyone. It's just like, oh, you want to fire this guy? Keep this guy around. He is the greatest coach to ever beat a division rival. The Lions are fantastic. As long as we're better than them, we're better than everyone. McCaskies are love. The McCaskies love mediocrity. They like making money, and we just keep giving it to them. And, are we the and after this week, we'll be are fucking Bengals. Bengals I mean, have been to more Super Bowls. I know, but that's all the Bengals organization is about anyway. So it's making fun. What? The Bengals? Who cares about the Bengals? Nobody. Chris was saying who's, that the McCaskies... giving them money? Who is the only team to have never played on Thanksgiving? The Bengals. No. <laughs> no, is this, I thought that was the, a... The team up uh, no, north. It's the, it's the it's the Jaguars. Oh, good. Who doesn't? Want, who wants to see them? London. London wants to see them every send, single year. Send their ass to London. Can, you know how horrible that would be. Shot Colin wants to, man. Yeah, that would be so bad for the rest of the NFL if you had to travel to fucking London for an away game. It would be, it would be bad for like the Eastern teams, like the or the teams in their division. I mean. Oh, that would and be they're garbage. in like the AFC South, so you like like if it was the Jags that did move to London, you're talking like the Texans have it to fly to London. Fuck, <laughs> that's a hell of a that's a hell of a jaunt. How about we put the the Jags in Mexico? It's a shorter flight. Mexico City. I don't think we play because of job. Yeah, do you, rem- do you remember that like, game where they couldn't play because the field was garbage? Yeah, the pollution is so terrible air, there. The You're not wrong. And they don't, and they're oh my god, I don't even want to get into it. Poor Mex. I, I feel bad for Mexico. They have they have their government has screwed them. Their water levels are terrible, and they leak water everywhere. They're gonna have a water crisis here in like five years. Like crisis. Are we even singing Bear Down this week or no? No, you're leading the charge this week, Joe. Because you know what? You're the most passionate fan on the show. Great. Am you I? predict the most wins on this show. You are bear man of this show, dude. Sing the song. With the Miller Light in hand. Sing the song with bear the Miller Light. Down there's only, oh, there's only. Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation. With your T-formation, bear down, Chicago Bears. And don't forget why you're wearing the crown. 
You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. You suck, Bears. You're fucking terrible. Fire the bald bastard. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.